I, of course, am your host, Aaron Pym, and what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have conversations about sex and sexuality. And this week, I'm very excited. Not only is this person a fellow Sonar Network podcaster, you all know how I love to have Sonar peeps on my podcast. This is another lovely one of those. But not only are they a podcast, they are an internationally acclaimed drag queen. Please, everybody, welcome to the mic, Vicky Licks. Hi, Vicky. <laughs> Hola, everybody. Hola. <laughs> internationally acclaimed. I told Whoa. him to say that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I just do what I'm told. I just do it. I'm I'm a little subby, so, you know. Listen, I am paying you the big bucks for this, so thank you for that. How are you, Aaron? <laughs> I'm really good. I'm, uh, as I was just saying to you pre-recording, I am legitimately super invested in, like, the topic of your podcast. So maybe right off the bat, let's tell us what your podcast is and tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so we do our artisanal jams on our podcast, how to can them, how to uh, um, jam them, how to store them, yeah, how to use the wax to keep them. Let's keep them fresh. <laughs> uh, but uh, close to jam, we talk about drag, all things drag, mostly drag race, Canada's uh, Canada's drag, I do drag, my co-host Selena Bile, who's been on your show, does drag, she's also my daughter. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of drag. Okay, I didn't know Selena Vile was your daughter. Yes, she is. She's my she's my babe. Uh, when when did this happen? Because Selena's I, I want it ballpark in like three years, maybe Selena's been doing drag. Is that a Um she's going into her third year. Yeah, her third trimester. <laughs> uh she I well Nikki and I, Nikki her her uh, original name is Nikki. Uh we've known each other for a long time through the comedy world. I started in comedy. Um, I actually started my drag doing stand-up in comedy clubs. So that's how I started. Oh, um, so I knew I just knew her through there, and I saw her do a competition that I was hosting, judging, I suppose. And she just seemed like she really wanted it. Yeah. Um, and I told her I was like, I don't want it. I don't want to be your mother. I hate it. I don't want it. But <laughs> if you need a mother, if you want somebody to help you, I will help you because you look like you want this, and I like you. Maybe like a step parent or like an adoptive parent. Well, I've done that too. Listen, I have a whole house now. I've had litters of kids. They've all sucked my teeth dry. I'm like a cat, like a like a 19 year old cat on the last leg. I've got nothing left. For <laughs> There's you nothing people. left to me. I my breasts are dry. <laughs> uh, but I love my kids. I love my babies. Selena's fabulous. Oh, fantastic! And what made you two want to start the pod? Well, I started the podcast uh, three, almost four years ago now. Amazing. Um, it was through OutTV. OutTV was doing a was season nine of Drag Race. They were wanting to do a podcast to cover season nine. So I reached out to my gal, my good squirrel friend, Ivory Towers, mm -hmm. who is another local, internationally acclaimed drag queen here in Toronto. And uh, we're both very different, but we both started at Humber College with comedy, and we started in the comedy world, and she went more of a pageant uh, club route with drag, and I kind of stayed with more comedy theatrical route. Yeah. Um, so we decided to do the podcast, and we just stuck with it for a year, and then I ended up taking it over from there, and I brought on so many different guests, and then I eventually brought in my house girls, Hillary, Yes, and Selena Vile. And then um, as of Canada's Drag Race, it's just been Selena Vile and I, and we've just been having a great time, the two of us. I love it so much. Okay, I'm so interested then, um, since you're kind of comedian first, drag queen second, or, you know, at the very least, like those two really go hand in hand for you. You know what? I always like to, you know, it's weird because like, I always like to think of myself as a comedian first and then drag queen, mm -hmm, which is mm -hmm. weird to a lot of people, but like, that's just how I process it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like, I'm, I'm somebody who just loves all things drag. Um, like I have a very, uh, I, I have a very generous filter when I um, am consuming drag. I just like love everything. But here's the thing. My, my husband is a comedian as well. So um, who's your he, husband? 
a Mamacriti. He's he's an improviser, comedic improviser. Right. Sounds familiar. Yes. I'm sure yeah. I knew him. Friends with Nikki. Um, yeah. But we, uh, you know, we like to watch Drag Race together. You know, I'm I'm a very much more of a fan than he is. However, and he enjoys it. However, the one, the thing that is the cringiest for Matt to watch is when they do a comedy challenge. I want to know how you feel about watching Drag Race to see these non-comedian drag queens doing comedy. How does it feel for you? I mean, it depends on the season and who they have doing them. Uh, I mean, season six was a great example of, like, Bianca Del Rio doing comedy. That's what she does. Yes. Um, Bob. That's what Bob, she does. Fabulous. Exactly. But there's not a lot. Yes, there's not <laughs> so a there's... lot of them. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to do comedy. Drake is hard by itself. But, like, mm-hmm. layering that with comedy, improv, all that stuff. I mean, that's an entire different basket of skills. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, it's always cringy watching the girls do it. I mean, I personally enjoy it because I'm like, yeah, crash and burn, bitch. That's how it goes. You bomb, okay? <laughs> Welcome to life. Welcome to reality TV. You you just yeah. look the messiest at everything, right? I mean, I feel bad for the girls who are doing comedy first time on like a reality TV show. I mean, oh, doing God. comedy in a club for the first time is bad enough, but like doing it on TV, woo. Oh my God. Yes. And I'm sure like, like for me, I'm just like, Oh, they're doing their best. They're trying. But like uh, some people like my husband have a very discerning eye when it comes to comedies and they're just like ready to just like land blast these girls, you know? Oh, me too. I'm it's such cruel. a snob. I'm Are such you? a snob. Oh yeah. I'm just like, you call that a setup. Fuck you. I'm yeah. so angry. I get so angry, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm bitter and I'm a bitter old comedian. We want, <laughs> You do, you do burlesque, correct? I do. Yes, I do. That is one of the one of the things I do. I think I'd be a good like bio queen, like on on the show because I I do all the things a drag queen should, um, yeah. ex- except maybe uh, my worst thing is maybe hair. But like I'm a performer, so a lot of these challenges, I'm like, yeah, I got a tuck happening naturally, <laughs> you know, um, a factory installed tuck, and. Like I'm, I'm looking at the girls and I'm like, I think I could do it. I hate, that is such an armchair, like <laughs> drag queen though, you know, but I'm like, I think I've got around performing background. I think I could nail and I like love sewing and I love makeup. So I think, I don't know. How do you feel when well, I'm saying this? Very close <laughs> to drag for sure. Um, yeah. what's, your, what's your burlesque name? Oh, I just use my own name. I mean, I'm a oh, dominatrix. Oh, you one of them girls. I'm a yeah, dominatrix, I so I just use Aaron Pym for everything and Lady Pym for my professional sex worker name. So yeah. it's very just Pym. <laughs> I love it. It's all some, very Pym. Some of that Pym. Come that, on, Dom. That Pym's cup, you know? Come through, mm-hmm. dominatrix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. You know I love latex. <laughs> Don't we all? Who really? Okay. I mean, who doesn't? Unless you have a fear of balloons or something. Listen, I went to, I did, I did Cruise and Tango's Drag Race in 2013. That's how old I am. But I was doing this number that involved, like a pinata number that involved balloons. Yeah. So I went to like the sex store to be like, can I get balloons that I can put candy in? And then the sex store person was like, so I just want to make sure, where are you putting the balloon? I was like, no, no, I'm not putting it in me. Like I just. I'm not a human pinata. Like this person had heard so many things. They're just like, I'm just concerned. Where are you putting the balloon? Oh, I'm the, I mean, I worked in a sex shop for years as well. So you do have to be that concerned about people. I you can't trust I just, people. It threw me off though. I was like, well, where, where do people put them? Yeah. Where do people usually put them? Yeah. Beware of that novelty section of the sex toy shop. People think that's, those are, that's the sex toy section. Where they're supposed oh, to people be... will put anything oh, up that, trust oh. me. Oh, I know. Oh boy. Yes. I, I, um, because of the pandemic now I do virtual domination sessions and I'm like, I'm like, buy, just buy a dildo, just buy some anal beads. (laughs) Stop using the Swiffer. Stop. Oh, I've used, yes. Swiffer exactly (laughs) was like maybe a month ago a Swiffer was used, but it's more like a cucumber with margarine on it. I'm like, you, you literally can't do better than that. That is so bad. It's so and like the sex educator in me is just c- crying. It's just like oh God, that's plastic. Don't use margarine. Use butter. <laughs> At least use butter. Yeah, use some butter. Oh my good God. 
<laughs> so I want to know how you feel when, as like a se- an internationally acclaimed as a season, drag queen, season, an old I'm bitch, <laughs> how do you feel when you're watching like the drag queens who maybe they're green in certain areas do the do drag race? Oh, Selena, I will do terrible. <laughs> wow! Wow! I'm kidding. <laughs> I told her I was going to drop her name a bunch. Uh, <laughs> good, good. When I see green, you know, some I think they do a good job of the show of finding out when girls are ready to be on the show. Mm. Um, they, there's a lot of cases of people like Nina West who auditioned years and years and years, mm. um, like a decade worth of years, which is Alaska. crazy. Yeah, five yeah. years. Yeah, some of them just audition and they don't get on until they're really ready. And like Alaska was ready when she was ready. I thought Nina was ready when she was ready. Mm-hmm. So I think they have a good gauge of that. Um, but then they also, you know, there is a thing called filler queens. They do need to have people who go first. Yes, they do. Yes. <laughs> they need their Serena Chachas. Like we need to have those. Poor, uh, poor Miss Chacha. We, we, poor, well, guess what? She's coming back, girl. <laughs> Brace yourself. <laughs> Oh, There's more cha-cha in the, in the future. Oh, Lord. Um, more yeah, soft so sculpture. I, <laughs> yeah, well, maybe it's hardened. Who knows? <laughs> Just don't buy her wigs. Her wigs are shit. They fall oh, apart no. real fast. Oh, no. Yeah. Sorry, cha-cha. So I've heard. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, but what was your question? How do I feel about them? I'm indifferent. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, whatever. Like, do your thing. Honestly, th- there are so many new drag queens popping up all the time, especially nowadays. All the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I get, I love it. I love that people are trying, and even yourself. Like, I love that you want to try drag. Like, I love it. It's, drag is for everybody. It really is. It doesn't matter, man, woman, anybody in between, trans. Like, it's, get your dog to do it. Like, it's fun. Yes. Get your dog to do some drag. I want to see that drag race. Well, I put my dog into drag, so she's ready. She's ready. Right now? Yeah, she's ready for the call. Get her on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, she, this is she... dog. <laughs> what is your dog's drag queen name? I'm curious. Uh, her well, her born her given name is Una, so we call her Puna Sticks. <laughs> House of Sticks. She's a great day, and she's fabulous. Oh wow, big girl! Yeah, big girls. We're Maybe she'll be girls. the first big girl to win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's her or me. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, do you know? Um, did you know any of the Canadian drag race drag queens? Did you know? I knew all of them. Yeah. yeah. I know Mark from well, I, I knew I knew of all of them. I know many of them pretty well. Some of them yeah. I don't care for, oh. <laughs> but most of them I like. <laughs> That's the tea. Well, you can listen to our Canada's, Canada's Drag Race. And you can, <laughs> you can hear all about the girls I don't like. <laughs> awesome. Yes. And are you, I mean, four years into doing your podcast, I'm, I guess I'm like, I guess I'm like six years in on this. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Same to you. Are you still enjoying it? Do you still, what do you get out of podcasting? How do you feel about it? Not a, not a doggone thing. Um, <laughs> I'm neutral. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's one of those things that I wasn't thinking about too much. And now that we've jo- joined the Sonar Network, I'm taking you... it a bit more seriously, which is kind of fun. Um, but before it was just like, it was just something to do. Yeah. And honestly, people ask drag queens all the time about drag race. So yes. you're constantly being asked. And for me, this was just a platform to be like, you want to hear my opinions, tune into my podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something to right? point to so, for people. Yeah. And it's, but we've done really well, actually. And so I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. Um, yeah. It I'm sounds very it. professional. It's not at all. But I know. I mean, for, well, I don't know if you've heard my podcast, but <laughs> I'm like, oh, this I is have. like a little package. I love it. Yeah, no, it's it's not at all. But I'm I'm very professional. I um I make I make fun of people and um, <laughs> I get a lot of hate mail. Yeah, you talk about all the Canada's drag race girls that you hate. <laughs> yeah, people don't seem with... to like that. People don't seem to care for that. <laughs> you know what? They shouldn't have been bitches though. That's their problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but after doing the podcast for so long, it's like I I haven't done all, I haven't done other people's podcasts as much. So it's a weird it's weird to do this for the first time where I'm like, this is your podcast. <laughs> so if, I, if at any point I'm like hijacking this, just be like Vicky, back up. <laughs> no, I love that. I'm I I'm tired of li- my, listening to my own voice when I'm editing. My God, sometimes I'm just honestly like, shut up. Oh God, sometimes I can't stand the things that come out of my mouth. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <sighs> Seriously, do you cut do you cut up your track a lot? Um, I don't do a lot of editing. Um, yeah, no, we, we, we keep it pretty, pr- pr- I just edit for time, basically. But we mm-hmm. keep it pretty real. Yeah, we keep it real. 
Yeah, I keep mine pretty pretty au naturel as well. Yeah. If I get really bad with the fucking ums, or if I truly don't know what I'm talking about, I'm like, okay, this this section could go. Oh, I'm just umming all day. I'm like, uh, 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 um. Is there a tick you've noticed in yourself like that that you that you just <laughs> are the your teeth are just grinding away their enamel? Yeah, I do everything like so. All right. Okay, uh, 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 like I do that a lot. But I'm, it's, the podcast is like it's a review podcast. We're constantly trying to remember what's happening next. So I'm like literally thinking ahead all the time, you know? Okay, so. yes, yes. So you're not even listening to the thing that you're saying currently. We're very should. rarely in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. oh, shit. So now, so doing a Drag Race podcast, does that kind of ruin your Drag Race experience? Like, do you have to sit there writing notes or how do you prepare for an episode? No, because I've watched it for so long. And I, I like I work in TV and film and stuff, too. So I already understand how things work behind the, the, the scenes. Um, but yeah, I watched, I watched the episodes now. I, t- I used to, I stopped taking notes for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I just winged it. Uh, but that's when we had a lot of guest stars. But now with, when it's just Selena and I, I'll write some notes down from the episode, you know, just to keep track of what's happening. Yeah. But I keep it pretty cash. <laughs> what do you think of this uh, season? Let's start I hate it. Up. Oh God, it's so bad so far. <laughs> the first se- the first episode I was like, Okay, this is a little repetitive. I was like, I do, we do love a good lip sync, but a lot of these are not good lip syncs, first of all. And then second of all, we don't need six, like, right in a no. row. I, I'm a really big fan of the show, and I even tuned out for the last, like, two lip syncs, maybe. Well, I you heard it here first, then. You, if you, like, <laughs> I feel like I'm so jaded and bitter that I'm like, oh, fuck off. But, like, if you're not even into it, then there you go. There They're you go. They're doing something wrong, right? It's just drawn out. What they're doing, and we talk about this in the podcast, is the first eliminated girls has become a real problem in Drag Race hmm. um, for a couple of reasons, and that makes sense. Because when you go on to Drag Race, you have to buy, yes, uh, you have to get all the runways, right? So you have to come up with like 15 looks minimum that are not just like off-the-rack looks. These are like couture thousand dollar looks each kind of yeah so for people that don't do drag like how much money would that like like say if you got the call i don't know and then you got to be on set in a month like how much money are you spending to prepare for a show like that oh god some people mortgage their houses it's crazy yeah they spend a shit ton of money it's crazy the the takeaway from the show is that the, the unlike top model and all those other shows reality shows these contestants are always very successful so they're able to make their money back after the show. Right. Which is helpful. Except but for if you were involved even... in the pandemic, which sucks. Oh, all those girls. So many girls. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel bad. Uh, but it's it's like, it's a minimum, like I would say for a look, it's a minimum of $1,000. Oy, oy, oy. And then to yeah. get kicked off the first episode. Well, that's the thing. So that's my point. Yeah, they get kicked off and they don't even have, they can't even show their looks that they spend all their money on, right? So... What they're doing is they're drawing it out a bit more to give them more air time for us to get to know them more, which I okay. get that. I like that. I do. But it's also as a viewer, I'm just like, okay, we, I just make them make sure they're the trash and call it a day. Let's get rid of one of them, you know? Yeah, it's a competition at the end of the day, right? It's a competition. This isn't RuPaul's best friends race. No. Um, and, like, I don't know, though, do the first queens that get eliminated, besides the infamous pork shop, do they really make their money back? Are they? Do you think they do? first eliminated queens it depends who they are it depends which it depends it doesn't matter where you place in the competition honestly um even Shangela first off Shangela and Vanjie are great examples for that I mean they made a mark for themselves and they got back back, back on the show they weren't mm-hmm. automatically shoes shoe-ins to get back on the show necessarily mm-hmm. it's what they did after the show to make them a star you know mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. like even James Manfield she's doing very well for herself she's adorable yeah She's like Betty Boop. She's like a little Miss Piggy adorable thing. She, I would say that she was undercooked for the show. She was cast too soon. There are some girls that are premature. Um, I think she was premature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because she knows who she is now, for sure. Yeah. Do you mind if what? I pause for I'm just My dog has a bone ear. I'm just going to take the bone away so she doesn't make any noise. <laughs> What's her name again? Una. Her, her drag name? <laughs> oh, Puna Sticks. She's driving me crazy with this bow, and I just got to pull it out of her. I'm leaving this in, by the way. Um, she does this. Anytime I'm talking to somebody else, 
She wants all the attention on her, so she'll make the most noise. Oh, she is a drag queen then. She needs yeah, attention. Yeah, she's hundred percent a drag queen. She needs a spotlight on her. Um, if yeah. you got like, would you audition to do this show? How do you feel about being on the show at some point? I have. I auditioned for the first season of Canada's Drag Race. I'm go- I'm auditioning for the second season, <gasps> which just went out. So, uh, yeah, they just got renewed. So that's happening. They're casting that currently. Uh, and I have applied for the American version. Uh, I just never got through because I'm Canadian and there's work visas. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. never been able to happen. Um, but it's a platform you kind of have to do now in drag. You don't necessarily have to, but it just, it's life changing. Yes. You, uh, you get so much more exposure on the show. Most certainly. Like, yes. People know drag race, que- drag race queens that don't know their local queens. Oh, a thousand percent. And that was our biggest situation here in Canada for the longest time. We didn't get Canada's drag race till last year. Yeah. Um, And so we were all just sitting up here being like nobodies, even though like we've got more experience and more performing experience than most of the girls that are getting on uh, the American version. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was a huge frustration for us here. It was like, man, because we can't we can't perform in the States unless we have a working visa, which costs, you know, five thousand dollars or a green card or whatever. Yeah. So and people are always like, well, why don't you just audition? It's like the, the green card. There's a border. You can't just do that. And what are they doing? Okay, they're auditioning for season two of Canada's Drag Race. What are with like? What about COVID? Like, is it just they're accepting tapes? So uh, there's a, a whole audition process. I went through it last year. It's really extensive. Um, it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> That's why this queen's like Nina West. I can't believe she went through it 10 times. That's crazy. Yeah. Cause even to audition, like even when you don't get on the show, how much work is it? How much money do you spend? It's a lot of work. It's a lot of money. You got to show a lot of looks, a lot of different variety. You really have to know yourself as a queen yeah. to be able to sell yourself to the show. And also it just comes down to uh, what direction they want to take for each season. Right? So it's not even the best drag queens in the country that they're casting necessarily. It's the dynamics that they're going to have on a reality TV show, the personalities. Um, they each have to re- represent something specific, right? Yeah. That, so a lot of people don't take that into account either. It's like, why, why aren't you, people ask me, like, why aren't you on the show? I'm like, well, I want to be. Yeah, <laughs> but like, yeah. I have no control over that. It's the direction they want to take. And you, okay, so you're like TV person, like film and TV person. So when you're watching... I, you don't get upset, I guess, when you see Queen that's like a little green or like, you know, a filler or whatever. You don't, you're not like, fuck that bitch. You're like, okay, this is, they're producing, you know, this arc for whatever, whatever narrative yeah. they wanted. At the know. end of the day, they're telling, they're telling stories, right? That's, that's basically what's happening. So they're putting people together to tell stories. I get that. You know, some people piss me off and I'm like, oh God, you pick this person over that person though? Like, come on. But generally speaking, I get it. Like, it's just how it is. It's the biz. Yeah. I want to know. Happy about Priyanka? I love Priyanka. She was, I knew she was going to win because she deserved it the most, I felt. So, Aww. absolutely. Did you like Priyanka? I, that, uh, Mark was one of the people that I knew. Um, one of the only, I knew Jimbo because they're. Um, oh, you know my, Jimbo too from they're, um, they're my friend's, Atomic Vaudeville. They're my friend's brother. So. Oh, I know uh, Jeff. Uh, Jeff. Jeff. Yeah, yeah, I know them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I went yeah. to so school j- with Elliot in Victoria. So I know oh. J- and I, I'm actually friends with Jimbo's mom, believe it or not. I don't actually know Jimbo. I know Jimbo's mom. <laughs> yeah, Jeff and Elliot are um they work with my husband, so we're we're quite close with oh, I love Elliot and Jeff. And they've both done my show. Selena's done my show tons of times. Yeah, thank you for having me finally. Oh yeah. And oh well and I do a stage show, like not obviously not now, but um yeah, we do. We do a hell of a sex and sexuality variety show. Drag yeah, burlesque, mm. all the shit, all the good shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it's so sad. I was looking through my... <laughs> I, I want to know if you've done this yet. If you've gone through your closet to just throw out shit because you're losing your mind pandemic-wise. And you're looking at all your performance shit. Like for me, I'm like, oh my god, the props and costumes. Because I, I do this a stage show. I produce a stage show every month, twice a month sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, do I chuck this, <laughs> some of this? You know what I mean? Or do I, like, when... Like purge. Does it bring you joy? Yes. Does this does this old performing stuff that I, I have no idea when I'm going to perform again on stage, does it bring me yeah. joy to hang on to this? Or should I fucking yeah. just get rid of it all? Because there's never going to be a bedpost stage show ever again. 
Do you feel like oh, that about drag ever? That's a dark attitude, girl. It is, I know. <laughs> I've, had, I've had a rough week. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, yeah, I feel. It's been a tough month so far. It's been a tough year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel, I, I know a lot of queens that keep thinking, I know, like, they've been doing this for 15 years and they keep everything they have still. It's crazy. And like I look, and they don't use it. It's just, it's, sit, it's just sitting. Like there's one girl. I'm not gonna say names. But she has her entire living room as her closet. Say her name. Say <laughs> no, her. <laughs> I mean, most people know who it is. But I was like, she's been doing this forever. And it's just like, how do you have all this stuff still? I and mean, like, you haven't gotten rid of anything wow. because they want. They, you never know. You never know. You never know when you need that that osh gosh bagosh whopper, right? <laughs> But, like, for me, I can't work that way. I purge every year. Regularly? I go through anything I don't need or that I've worn out and that's been a look, I, I move on from it. You've done the yeah. photo shoot. You created the number around this outfit. You, you toured the number. Let it go. I have to purge things. If I hold on to things, oh, God help me. What, 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 what would I become? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a hoarder that has pumpkins that are... De- decomposing and dead kitten skeletons in my closet you know like i gotta move on yeah you've watched are you a hoarders fan that's such an old reference now (laughs) (laughs) i i used to no no no, i fully used to watch hoarders oh yeah i think i I loved hoarders oh yeah any anything where they're just tearing up something any mental illness i'm here to watch it (laughs) (laughs) be be an audience member this person there was a show um, it was it was like a reality TV show where they put people in a house and they all had OCD or oh. they all had um, yeah, obsessive compulsive disorders. Oh dear! That were <laughs> they oh, all put them dear. in the house together, and then like one of them was like, um, she was she always felt like she was going to run over a baby when she was driving. Oh dear! And so they they tested her by like having people throwing strollers in front of her car as she was driving. <laughs> Oh my fucking god! And she was freaking out. She's like, "Oh my god, I'm running over babies!" It was so good to watch. That's so traumatizing. I hope that was an act for her. I hope she wasn't like in real time traumatized. These were real people. Oh Jesus Christ! Well, we we don't get those shows anymore. But there's too much sensitivity nowadays, you know. Yeah, we can't just like openly traumatize <laughs> mentally ill people anymore. It's really terrible. Yeah, that was a time period though. I like listen. I'm not about that, but like that was a time period that I enjoyed. Okay, I mean, av- I mean, Average Joe. That show was fucking fantastic. Average. Do you know Joe. that was one? Was that the dating show? No, no, no. Okay, this it's where um a guy that thinks he's being put in a Big Brother situation. So he's put in this gorgeous mansion with all these other quote unquote t- contestants, but they're all actors, and he's the only real oh, person they're competing. Old one. Oh my god, it's brilliant. Uh, I remember, and they had the plates. They had the plates. <laughs> <laughs> and they they broke the plate when they got eliminated, and they were like ashes to ashes, dust to dust. That's that show, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't remember oh that God. part in in particular, but that sounds yeah. They used to they just about the, the right into the fireplace. Oh my God! Um, but the best thing about that show was uh, Kristen Wiig was one of the actors. What? Uh, yeah, so like a really young Kristen Wiig, and she was a therapist, I believe, or a child therapist, maybe. That was her character she was playing. Um, and she actually, during one of the like physical challenges, they like put them in those sumo suits and got them to like fight each other. She legitimately got a concussion. She hurt herself and had to go to the hospital. <laughs> Yeah, look, it up. They, look it up. There was there was nobody taking care of them on these sets back then. Like, that's this is like two thousand two or something. I remember the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a while ago. I just watched it kind of recently. It's so good. The guy, I'm gonna like, re- I'm gonna revisit it. Yes, please. The guy that's like getting punked the entire season. He's so perfect. He's so perfect. <laughs> He's a very average Joe. Yeah, very. And he's you know he's trying to bang these chicks and he's trying to like you know. It's hilarious, and they're it just very actors. like Truman Show, which I love. I love very, it. It oh very yes, that. Yeah. very. And the very. reality TV, it was kind of interesting. There was a whole like per, this early reality TV, like the way we dealt with it, it was so interesting back then. Um, I'm trying to think of the one, um, not Rock is Love, but the one where Tita. Fuck, I love Rock is Love though. <laughs> Tita, oh, what's her name? Tina Tequila. Yes. Oh, loved that. Oh, my God. I didn't watch that one, but that was like, she was bisexual, right? Yes, that's why I liked it, because I was like, living my dream right there. Put in a house full of hot people and just, oh, yeah. I remember this one 
amazing lesbian that was just, she was vegan, but for one of the challenges, she ate meat just because she wanted to fuck Tila Tequila so badly. Those shows were great. I love those because those were like parodies of The Bachelor, which I hate. The Bachelor is such a piece of shit. Uh, it's too heteronormative. Yeah. Oh, it's, too, it's it's like it's gross. It's gross. It's but I like these ones that were like parodies of it and were like so off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's got to be a little nuts. Yeah, like I'm watching. I'm rewatching um the Ink Master right now. Oh, you're rewatching. You have yes. to revisit those. I am revisiting Ink Master currently. <laughs> I watched so the, the first few seasons. I watched all of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good shit. Reality TV. Yeah, I mean the competition shows. Yeah, for sure. Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Okay, so, okay. Thank you for indulging me in both reality TV conversation, but also just letting me geek out about Drag Race for a little bit. Because I truly was very excited to do that with you. However, uh. let's pivot the conversation over <laughs> to some sexy shit. If you, if you don't mind. If you would. Sure. I haven't been up to very much sexy shit, I'll be honest, as of late. Yeah. Um, what? How did you? How are you adapting to like not being a like? Are you a person that is on grinder that is dating and then now can't? Oh, Tell me about it. Don't even don't even get me started, Aaron Pym. I <laughs> so last year, here's what happened. I had a long term relationship seven years. Engage. That's very long. Yes. <laughs> uh, we broke up last year just before we went into lockdown. The first lockdown. Yeah. Um, it was kind of a traumatic experience, uh, oh but it needed to happen. And I, all I was wanting was some space. And then <laughs> that's all I got. All I I'm still in my space. So I, <laughs> I ended up having that period of like being on lockdown and like being single for the first time in a long time. Oh, gosh. And uh, yeah, I didn't get to, I didn't have my orgy. I needed to have several orgies. I didn't get them. Didn't yep. get them. Yep. Nope. Yeah, and, your uh, breakup orgies. Didn't get it. No, I didn't yeah. get it. <laughs> oh, that's so heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, that was the hardest part. <laughs> and then uh not much happened i did a little bit during the summer not much though because i still was like i'm really taking my caution with covid i have bad lungs i got bad lungs so i'm taking my like i take this very seriously mm -hmm. as everybody should mm -hmm. um but yeah i haven't had anything since, since september now mm -hmm. i'm like <laughs> i'm like a nun i don't know what's happening well i'm not listen i'm still busy with myself every day okay Good. I, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad to hear. But um, I'm keeping myself occupied. You're perhaps a virgin again. Honestly, yeah. But like, I'm ready. Like, yeah, yeah. I, it you're ready to good. lose it. I feel virginized, <laughs> but I'm like ready to like fuck the town. You know. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, they're saying that after COVID, it's going to become the Roaring Twenties again. Like, sex parties are going to oh, become the norm. I believe it. I mean, that is my norm, just because I'm a sex worker. But um. I fucking believe it. Like people are going to be absolutely ravenous. I feel it. And like, if I feel it and I'm like a sex positive person, average Joe is going to feel it too. You know, <laughs> average Joe from that reality show. Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna There's nothing animal. average about that Joe though. No, Let's be yeah. honest. Okay. Yeah, I could tell. He had <laughs> big dick energy. 
<laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I'm like, part of me, I'm maybe, as I mentioned, I just kind of had a hard week, but I did tweet today, like, others, other pro-doms are excited about, like, doing kink parties again and doing duos and group scenes where I just want to, like, I'm just interested in getting this mole checked out finally. <laughs> so Mole? That, that's, that's where I'm at currently, where I'm like... You discovered you had a new mole? No, I have a mole that's just, like... It, I, I should get it removed and I'm just like no it's not changing color or shape or anything it's not sore but literally I was at the doctor like maybe a full two years ago now and she was like you should get that removed here's the referral or whatever and then I didn't and then now it's like two full years later because I was like oh, I'll do it later I'll do it later I'll do it later and then now it's like I'm like I should have done that <laughs> that's something I should have done and so, you know, everybody's like going to go all crazy at the sex parties. I'm going to be at the dermatologist. <laughs> getting getting your mole removed. Now, does this, does it affect your self-confidence at all? Or like, does it's it on my you? back. Yeah, it's on, yeah. over on my back. So only if I'm on in doggy is a, a real issue. But yeah, or I'm taking like butt pics, you know, but it's it's not that bad. I just am like... I think maybe I'm feeling a lot of COVID pessimism right now because I'm like, I'm not even excited for to do social stuff again because I feel like I'm just like, what is social stuff? I don't know. I forget. I'm like, oh God, I'm so happy to not like, honestly, I'm not a social person anyways. No. Um, that's why I thrive in this. I thrive in this kind of chaos. Are you? <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, but I like, I, I've, I've literally been alone this entire time. Yeah. So do you live alone? I live alone with my dog now, yeah. Um, but I haven't seen I haven't seen friends. I'm not you know, like I'm not doing any of that stuff. So yeah. Um, but I, I'm fine with it. But like I still, yeah. It's gonna be weird. It's gonna be weird to like have to be social again because I don't know how I'm gonna accumulate. Is that a word? Acclimate? 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 Yeah, we got it. No, I don't know. Yeah, it's a good one. I don't know how I'm gonna acclimate. You know? Yeah, that's interesting though. So you're not social, but you're a drag queen. Yeah. I think RuPaul says something about being an introverted extrovert or an extroverted introvert. Yeah, very like. me too. That's very me. Yeah. Um, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I grew up alone. I grew up in the middle of nowhere, um, kind of an only child. My sister's 10 years younger than me, so I was very much alone Yeah. Uh, growing up. And so I just learned how to be comfortable with myself, yeah. um, which I think is a good skill, actually. <laughs> I don't think many people are comfortable with being with themselves. I agree. As we're discovering with this, you know? Yes. Um. But as I think in drag, I was also very shy, you know, I've always very shy. But when I went on stage to perform, I would put on a character and, and I would really come out. The real me would really come out. Yeah. And so with drag, I feel like it just really kind of exaggerates the real me and I'm able to just kind of let myself be in that way. When did you start drag? Like I I really have always done drag. Like my mom had a uh, Mr. Dress Up tickle, tickle Trunk. Like we had, I had <laughs> costumes all the time. So as a kid, I would, just... Yeah, I was walking around in heels and like I like a brown like floral dress when I was five with pictures with a wig. Amazing. Um, and in high school, I just always did drag roles. I always did the mom. Like I just always did it. Huh. Um, but I, I like I always say like uh, like when I moved to Toronto, I moved here to do drag. So I always say 2007 is like when I started drag. Okay. Was your mom like? my son is a gay man. <laughs> like, this is, my child is gay. Like, was she aware? You would think so, but she was, like, very, when I came out to her, she was very, like, a taken aback. Mm. <laughs> um, but she's she's since come around. She's my biggest champion now, obviously. Oh, uh, that's lovely to hear. Yeah, she's just, a, like, anything I wanted to do, she was just very supportive, so. And I, listen, I was a good kid, and I was by myself, so. <laughs> it's not like I was getting into trouble. Yeah, well, that's why I'm, I'm a fucking nightmare now. I'm a fucking nightmare now. Listen, I will terrorize you on social media. <laughs> I will troll the shit out of you. Yeah, I will fuck anything. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> oh, so when I'm talking about cucumbers with margarine, you were like... Oh, I fucked a cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> I fucked a banana this pandemic, but that was like because i oh actually it was kind of interesting i um was better been ripe <laughs> yes it was it was nice and ripe it was not it was not banana bread ready quite yet <laughs> but but because i um was on a skype like a professional skype getting someone to fuck a banana and then i told my 
uh, one of my partners that, and then he made me fuck like do a video fucking a banana. So it's kind of interesting. That's me being a switch. That's what switch life is like. I'm like, ha ha, I made this guy fuck a banana. And then he's like, ha ha, I'm going to make you fuck a banana now. And I'm like, oh no. Switch life. Yeah, you got to have the best of both worlds. You got to feel both ends of it, but you know, you got to you to experience both spectrums. <laughs> it's true. I can't ask somebody to do it if I haven't done it myself. It's a real yeah, responsible, you know. Some people that are so dom and like uh, alpha and verbal and just like, Ugh. like, have you ever done, like, and they've never had anything near their butthole ever. I'm like, come on. Like, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, from a switch's perspective, from my perspective, I think it's quite important. I do get the perspective that it's not required. It's not a requirement to be a good dom or be a good top. However, I'm like, but I feel like it's, it's very, it was important for me, at least. I'll put it that way. It's important for me. But you're a very free thinking person, I'm imagining and hearing. Yeah. And I'm, I like, I like nuance in my play and in my kink. You know what I mean? So I want to know a lot of different angles on everything. Maybe that's not what everybody's doing with their kink. But I feel like sex is so intertwined. It's so important. We we downplay sex so much. It's it's disgusting yeah. how much we downplay it. But it's so integral to the human experience, <sighs> and it's so integral to who we are as individuals. I agree. And like I feel like that's the biggest thing that's happening right now. So, and the, that's I mean you can explain the conservative party basically. They're all repressed sexually people. Yes, yes. That entire party is just the most... Res- I mean, and most of them are gay. They're in the fucking washroom, tapping under the stall, being like, hey, you want to suck a dick? Mm-hmm. Like, they're so repressed. Mm-hmm. I think they're just... They don't know. That's it. That, like, the, if you don't experience things, you don't know. You're ignorant. Yeah, and to think that the, those are the people... Like, those are the policymakers, like, for LGBTQ plus people and, like, sex workers. And, like, it's insane. It's really bonkers. Well, there's such a Victorian attitude towards sex still. Like, it's crazy that we're in 2021 and we still have the same Queen Victorian values to sex. Meanwhile, like, Queen Victoria was getting her, like, her labia licked by all of her maidens. Like, she was such a big lesbo. (laughs) Yeah, which I love. (laughs) I know. And, like, meanwhile, like, but she, but that's why we have the Victorian era. She didn't want people to know. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, as somebody who, like, works in a lot of different aspects of the like sexuality industry Uh, i'm just constantly amazed how taboo it is still to talk about sex like people won't follow my podcast publicly i'm like it's a podcast like uh, like i literally was like on my on my sex work uh, Twitter, I was like, I want, I just wanted more YouTube followers because I'm doing this series where comedians use sex toys and it's really funny and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I was like, I just want more followers. I'm like, subscribe to my YouTube today and I'll send you a picture of a pic of uh, me and a strap on. And, uh, you know, some people did that. It was great. Actually, I'm going to do it again because I actually, I got like 50 new subscribers. I was like, okay, marketing. Oh, nice. Good. Um, but some people were like, oh, I can't follow your YouTube. And it's not even my dominatrix YouTube. Like it's it's a, my podcast's YouTube. It's the Bedpost podcast YouTube. And people were like, oh, I can't follow it because then people will see that I followed it. I was like, oh, it's some what? There's so many double standards. There's so much hypocrisy with it. It's not a porn channel even. Like, yeah. it's not even porn. We literally are talking about sex toys. And even that is so taboo still that you, your husband can't see that you followed my YouTube page. Like, it's It's crazy. It's cr- People are like, my grandma's never had sex. Bitch, your grandma got <laughs> laid so hard. Yeah, your grandma had nine kids. That generation of families had so many kids. Yeah, grandma loves sex. Grandma fucking loves sex. She wants every dick in every orifice. And she got married when she was like 16, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that that generation of people (laughs) had like nine kids and they got started so early. And you think your grandma's chaste? No. No, she is is paced, honey. Uh, What I'm hoping with like the Roaring Twenties period that's supposed to be happening, Mm. I hope we like, I hope we get rid of some of this stuff. I hope we open our minds up to sex a bit more. Like, I hope we just, like, and even just, like, gay and straight. I hope we realize, like, not everybody is just gay. Not everybody is just straight. We're all on a sexual spectrum. Honestly. 
Yeah, I truly, me trying to be really positive thinking about it, I'm like, we all know now, we all know what it's like to not have access to touch. Mm -hmm. You've got to relate that to people that even in pre-pandemic or post-pandemic times, there are people that don't have access to that. And that is a big reason why sex workers exist and why our work is important. You know what I mean? Like you've got to know after this year of how, you know, how much skin hunger you've been having or how lonely you feel just for companionship even or whatever, you know what I mean? Or like just not being able to practice, you know, be in your authentic identity, like, you know. Um, Sex is the same. It's like, it's any other like activity. It's like, it's just, a, it's such a human, it's such a human quality. It's like, we're animals. We're, we are animals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like we can't deny that. Like we are biologically mammals. Yeah. And like, it's such an activity that we have to do. You know, you cannot live your whole life not masturbating. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And if you do, you are, you are really fucked up. Yeah. You must be, have some torment. <laughs> Yeah. going on somewhere the shame there's so much shame oh my god oh yes yeah shame is a big a big topic mm-hmm. yes yes as someone who deals with people that want to be humiliated it's like wow yeah oh my god oh my don't even get me started you know i've, I've listen i'm a dominatrix in my own mind honey i've seen the people what they want i'm like why do you want this it's because we were brought up that it's so taboo again this like victorian thinking surrounding sex and sexuality that like they're just so dirty for even wanting to fuck someone you know or get fucked yeah, like, and just, like shit on my face i'm like what happened to you why <laughs> why do you need that because shit they... on my face like come <laughs> shit on. on my fucking face yeah uh, it, it's just like so pointed how like the culture we're brought up into like the miasma of like shame surrounding sex how that directly influences your relationship with sex later in your life like you know the most oh, closeted people are gonna uh-huh. have the freakiest kinks like well and also just like teaching um, youth about sex and like how many people have hang-ups about that and just Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. how do you want them to find out about sex you want them to just like uh, that's when it gets toxic that's why like these teenagers rape people they don't know they don't know like nobody wants to be an evil person nobody wants that they just don't know things yeah they don't have the tools they don't have the tools to know what's like a healthful first sexual experience or like you know i always say like what was I grew up in like the Catholic school system so like I got anatomy that was my sex ed but I always say like what I missed thinking of like my shitty you know adolescence of like young super mean guys I was dating and like my early sexual experiences I'm like the main thing that was missing for me as far as education goes is like education about like healthy relationships you know what I mean like what dating looks like you know like dating information um health building relationships information that's yeah, the stuff that i wanted that stuff no and that's the stuff that i really needed at that time when i think back to my own personal experience for sure yeah me too like i um my parents uh they weren't close at all they never showed any kind of uh affection towards each other really like i, I didn't grow up with any of that stuff so i never saw it Mm-hmm. Right, and in my last relationship, it was my first long-term. It was my first relationship, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't really know what to do or what to expect or like how to deal with things or like when to get out. Right, like because mm-hmm. nobody tells you. You don't know. Yeah, you don't know what you know. We, we all know what physical abuse is, for example, but we're not all told like really the nuances of like manipulation, emotional abuse, gaslighting, all that kind of stuff that so mm-hmm. often happens. Um, you know, in relationships, really all through your life, not just young relationships or new ones, but, um, oh boy, that would be something that would be so valuable (laughs) to the youth, um, that they could take into their adulthood and and foster like really healthful relationships. (laughs) Like, yes, that'd be great. great. But that's all that would solve the bigger issues. I mean, these huge issues that are happening, you have to go down to like, where, where's it all stemming from? Yeah. And it really all stems from people's personal, like, shame, sexual values, 
but they like you have to deal with those issues first for us to solve world hunger. It seems so strange, but you, you, we can't do it unless we deal with people individually and how to teach people and give people tools. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're not doing that as a society. We're not doing it. Um, but I think, I hope, I hope, I hope we're opening our minds up. I hope our minds are opening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I really do hope that sex work will be less stigmatized after this. Like me talking, that's where I come from just because that's my job. But that is the thing that I'm like, come on, it has to be. It really has to be. Yeah, and even like these contestants, I mean, reality TV show, they're popping them out all over the place in America. You know, they, there's one every minute. Yes. Um, but a lot of the contestants have done porn, you know? Yes, or, and a lot of them... or have done sex work. Like, hi, Willem, yes. Katja, my favorite drag queens. Yeah, but they also get disqualified from those shows. I mean, Frenchie yes. Davis is a great example from American Idol. She mm-hmm. would have won season two. But she was on, she was doing, I think she showed her breasts online to pay for her college tuition or something. I forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, this is from, I mean, that's from like, what, 2001, 2002 when that happened? Yeah. But like, that's, they did, they cancel them if people have to do it. But it's like, a lot of people are sex workers that go on these shows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, just recently, like the New York, New York Times uh, doxed, like outed a woman who is a med. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Like, because she wasn't at, would she, would she, I forget if she was like an online sex worker. Or she was she a did. nurse and she was doing OnlyFans on the side. Oh, oh, oh um, come on. Everybody's doing OnlyFans. Like, that's the other thing about like, I don't like the way OnlyFans is kind of being gentrified, but if it's being normalized, I do like that. I do like that more, a lot of people who haven't done sex work before have created OnlyFans. I do like that. Because then it's like, oh, I, like, I get it more. It's it's not like some, it, there were normal people, well, everyday people that do sex work. It's like they're not these people, these drug addicts on the streets. Um, no, you know. and like everybody does, like, everybody sends dick pics. Hello? Yes. Have you been on Grindr? That's the first thing you get is a dick pic. Yeah, you but don't even you, get a Facebook, you, you get a dis- dick pic. Yeah. I know. Do you have to do to get a Facebook? Like, give me your fucking face. <laughs> yeah, how hard is it? <laughs> I can see all the foreskin of the world here, but where's your face? Uh, <laughs> but I think it's so important to, yeah, I think the OnlyFans thing is actually a great way to kind of like destigmatize a lot me of things. Too. And me AOC, too. God bless. God bless. This her. is the future. She is pushing for the best future. I'm all about this progressive thoughts of like, why are we why are we demonizing this woman? We should be celebrating her and like and why why does she have to have a second job? You yeah, know, that's in the, the real place? story. Yeah. Why does yeah. somebody who's in healthcare need a second job? Like Honestly, that's what we have to look at. Pay this fucking woman. Yeah. Yeah. AOC's got she knows what's up. And I I have a good feeling about her, Aaron. I'm telling you. She's I I've got a very good feeling about AOC. <laughs> she was on drag. I think race. she's got a revolutionist. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just want her to be older already. Like be like be older so you can be our president, please. Like you know what I mean? I, like I want you to ripen so 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 fast. Like just age 10 years like in a year and then be be president, please. Could could you? Yeah. Would it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to wait. But you know what? She can inspire people in the meantime. So that's great. She like inspire can. inspire Canadians too. Why not? Fuck yes. Definitely. 100%. Yeah. Who are some of your role models when you're growing up as a gay person? Growing up as a gay person, who am I role model? I, you know, I actually did like RuPaul growing up. Yeah. Um, I watched now, her on the Oprah show when I was living young. <laughs> what? Now she's questionable. However. You know what? I still like RuPaul. I know Do people have a lot I, of. I struggle. Oh, I struggle because I'm such a big fan. I really am. But oh boy, between the trains, trains flag and. and... <laughs> The trains flag and the fracking and the oh god! <laughs> I don't well, know. this is all alleged. The fracking is still alleged. <laughs> Allegedly, yeah. There's nothing. They haven't. They haven't found the taps yet. Um, <laughs> you know what? I really respect Paul though. Like I really do. I get it. Um, I, I mean, obviously, she's a person of a certain age as well, right? Yeah, like, I know. Yeah. But she is a person of color and queer, and she is a prominent mm-hmm. drag queen, and she's. Like, this is stuff that we can't forget, and like, it, it, it angers me when people mm-hmm. demonize this person who did so much for us to get mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that bothers me when people are just like, "Well, she's trans up." I'm like, "But she's not. She, her, yes, she's made a mistake because she's a, of a certain age, 
And she doesn't know what she's saying sometimes. However, <laughs> but, you know, are we starting to see some changes in the show? Yes, we are. Like, I don't know how, if there's still the screening process to make sure that, you know, there aren't like a lot of trans queens on the show. But hey, we're seeing trans people on the show now, last couple of years. So I will say like... It's, it's not really RuPaul's thing. thing to say who gets on the show for trans and not trans. Mm-hmm. When they pitched the show, they pitched it as gay men doing drag. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it was for Logo TV. So that when you're pitching a show, that's the main pitch is like, it's about gay men. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, right. So that was the main pitch when they started the show. It's now evolved. They've had trans women on since then. Not like, not openly in the audition process, though. Uh, not in the early seasons, no. They had to hide it, exactly. Yeah. And then um, they'd come out on the show or after the show. They would come out on the show, the show, but I'm sure yeah. production realized that they were trans, but they were keeping it under. Because they were they were staying to the storyline of, like, this is about gay men, for gay men. That's just how TV works for that stuff, right? Yeah. So, But they're they're evolving, and I think that's commendable. Yeah, something's being done. Like, you know, maybe too little, too late. But, hey, it's it for sure is better than doubling down. And not doing anything. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm like over the moon to see Gottmik. Oh, I love it. I love that there's a trans male. I love that we're having this whole storyline. And they're really I mean, they're they're teaching their job essentially on the show is to teach yeah. Middle America about being a trans man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Which is I mean, that's not their job necessarily, but that's what but that's what they're doing on the show. And I think that's really great to have that to have that experience for Middle America to watch that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cuz you know, who where are the role models, you know? Where do people where do people see trans people? They don't. They see the terrible trans representations of people in like fictitious media. So to actually have trans representation on TV is like on like mainstream TV, huge. Amazing. Yeah, we've I think there's been really good in the last couple of years for trans representation, specifically trans uh, females. Um, yeah, so that's yeah. why Gottmik is really important because it's a trans male. I agree. I, yeah, one of my I drag agree. sons, Hugh Man, is a trans male. Nice. Um, so I, I must yeah. Follow. So I think it's what's that? I must follow them. Yeah, follow uh, Hugh Man Trash. That's what they're all on on the social medias. Love it, um, Hugh Man Trash. Hugh Man Trash. Fucking perfect. But it's important to have that representation. Absolutely. Big time. Big time. Big time. Okay. We should be wrapping up. Vicky, Lex, you gotta tell us where we can listen to Squirrel Talk and where we can follow you. I mean, you have an enormous online presence already. So if they haven't already, where can they find you? Are you talking about my dick size, Aaron? I'm talking about your internationally acclaimed <laughs> you have to dick. Dropbox my <laughs> dick pic. <laughs> Ooh, it's loading. Ooh, Ooh. still loading. Rainbow rotating. <laughs> load, load me up. <laughs> we have our podcast. Squirrel Talk is on the Sonar Network along with yours. It sure so is. you can go to the sonarnetwork.com uh, and anywhere podcasts are available for Squirrel Talk. That's Squirrel Talk Podcast. <laughs> and we also have an Instagram for that now too. It's Squirrel Talk Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and you can follow me on my socials, V I C K I. L-I-X. It's Vicky with an I, not with a Y, because Vicky's with Y do meth. And uh, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm around. I'm busy. I'm doing things. I'm working. I'm gigging. I'm not gigging, but I'm working on Online gigs, myself. Online maybe. Yeah. <laughs> doing that lip sync in your myself. living room thing. Yeah. I'm fucking myself with a cucumber. Check it out. Only I plants. I am. I'm making Greek salad. <laughs> Good luck with that tomato. It'd be interesting. I'd pay to watch that. That could be like a cake sitting thing. Tomato sitting thing. There's a, Ooh, there's a wham acidic. fetish there. I better yeah. not have a sore. Oh, it'll give you a heartburn, <laughs> baby. Okay, for myself, yes, you can go on to Twitter where I'm most active, at theladypim1. Or if you must go on Instagram, I'm at theladypim or at the Bedpost Podcast. There's a Patreon, sexy content on there, bonus episodes on there, patreon.com slash thebedpostshow. Uh, the YouTube channel that I mentioned, aforementioned, is the Bedpost Sex Show on YouTube. Other than that, I always thank the lovely lady who does the original music for my podcast. Her name is Stephanie Copeland, and you can find out more about her, stephcopelandmusic.com. But of course, last but not least, Vicky Licks. Thank you so much for the conversation. This was genuinely so very lovely. Well, I'm glad it was genuine. 
<laughs> I wasn't a fake bitch today. Not today, Satan. No. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Thank you very much, Aaron. You will receive my um, my Dick bill in the mail. In the mail. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So thank you so much, everyone who's been watching. Please check out Squirrel Talk, a new podcast on the Sonar Network, and follow Vicky Licks on the Instagrammers. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time with another fun and sexy guest here on the Bedpost Podcast. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!